Ah, mon Afrique, réveille-toi. Il est midi. Tu dors encore. Réveille-toi. N'écoute pas Babylone. Il t'est fourni des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oya, bats-toi cheveux crepus. Bats-toi Mayele Bosimba Niba Bigé. Oya Bilanga Bosimba Niba Congo. Simba Niba Boko Mouna Lekate O Afrika. Malobate, Monsalande. Africa, Mobali Mingao, Africa, Hatona Mosolo, Africa. Tu gâtes ton nom par-ci par-là. Quand c'était les blancs, Negro a souffert, mais c'était mal de connaître. Negro a combattu pour arriver en black en black, devenu le stade de la guerre. Welcome, welcome to Congo Live. Uh, it's uh, February and thank you for joining us on the authentic voice of the Congolese people in America. I'm your host Patricia Loqua speaking to you from Baltimore and I have Kambali who's also joining me on the phone. How are you Kambali? Doing good, I'm doing good. I'm really excited about another episode yet again of uh, Congo Live. How is it in Baltimore at the moment? Ah, man, it's freezing. The snow uh, just crippled the whole country. Well, not the country, but the state. Um, I'm actually really excited. Uh, did you get to watch the soccer game with uh, Congo recently? I did not watch it live. I watched it afterward, uh, afterwards. No, the Congo just won the semifinals of the African Championship Cup uh, right in Rwanda today. Um, uh, actually, it was Wednesday. And this was quite interesting uh, to see the many aspirations and hope of the Congolese people on the ground uh, who went out to celebrate uh, this victory. And Congo uh, is now going to be at the final. And that was really inspiring to see through the many challenges that we have. Uh, we still are rising up to the many challenges uh, that come our way. But... Before we get to that, uh, we should get some news about uh, what is actually happening in the Congo. Some of our listeners may know uh, a few weeks back, we played a song by Congolese rapper Lexus Legal uh, in one of the Congo Live episodes. Now his uh, album now is full force being spread around the African continent. And that album called Leopard, has notable figures in it, such as Tikenja Fakoli and Papa Wemba. And uh, the songs in the album are really calling to an end uh, to the repression of the Congolese people and the arrest of uh, activists in the Congo. Um, as I mentioned earlier, after having beaten Guinea in the semifinal of the African Challenger Cup, the Congo's national team will play for the championship this Sunday, February 7, against Mali. Uh, the game is being hosted in Rwanda this year, and as uh, here in the United States we'll be watching the Super Bowl, uh, Congolese will be uh, right in their home watching uh, Congo with the hope of Congo winning uh, the finals. 
long-time opposition leader and head of the political party, UDPS, Etienne Chisekedi, met with the African Union envoy, Idem Kojo, in Brussels this week. Uh, they met to discuss uh, the so-called uh, national dialogue being organized by Congolese President Kabila. Uh, Chisekedi has rejected the dialogue, and he has sent a letter to the African Union explaining why uh, he is rejecting this proposed dialogue. Uh, Kabila now has to legitimate uh, these, uh, the counterpart in the opposition to engage in this dialogue. But many analysts believe that you know, the, the national dialogue is really a tactic uh, to uh, slow down the electoral process and uh, tr try to keep Kabila in power longer than his uh, second and final presidential term. Finally, Congolese hero and internationally renowned surgeon, Dr. Denis Mukwege, also has declared that he is against the national dialogue and he has issued a call to Congolese people to stand up for their rights. En casse ta porte, c'est la Gestapo Je vais te retrouver, me Colombo Ça veut vendre des tonnes à la Gustavo Un café sans sucre, j'en ai plein sur le dos Eh ouais, ma puce, là tu me rambo Ça va faire six ans qu'on met des combos Je manie les mélos, oui, oui, voilà donc Tu te demandes si c'est pas un complot Oh les mains, oh les mains Sauf les mecs, ça fait en bas les mains Bas les mains, bas les mains Ça ouais le façon à la dame Oh les mains, oh les mains Sauf les mecs, ça fait en bas les mains Bas les mains, bas les mains Passe avant minuit Je vais te faire vivre un dream Avant sur la piste les yeux sont rivés Sur toi les habits qui brillent Tels les mille et une nuit Paris est vraiment ma 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 Ça fait comme jamais Ça fait comme jamais Ça fait comme jamais Ça fait comme jamais
Gandhi Juna, better known by his stage name, Maître Gims. Gims is a Congolese-born French rapper and singer who has lived most of his life and made his career in France. He is the member of the hip-hop group Section Dassou. And a little-known fact about him is that his father uh, is Juna Janana, a vocalist of Papa Wimba band Viva La Musica. And to focus a little bit more on the show today, um, we're going to be going and speaking with uh, Eric Ndelo, who's a Congolese entrepreneur. This young man and his team have been building a fashion empire they call DRC Apparel, focusing on creating products that raise consciousness about Africa and connect breaking cultural barriers. I mean, fashion is often seen as a reflection of uh, social, economic, and political and cultural changes. It is the most powerful art there is. It helps create cultural understanding and influences our way of thinking on what beauty is. In the central region of Africa, both in Brazzaville and Kinshasa, a fashion movement was created in the early 1900s called La Sap, based on the elegance in style. Our Congolese professor Gondola said once, today, with both countries in turmoil, La Sap, with its exuberant flamboyance, may well serve as a lighting rod for the Congolese youth that were disenfranchised. We believe this is true, not only in the Congo, but also in the United States. Uh, this is why we are bringing our guest uh, today, Eric Delo, to join us in a discussion of how him as a Congolese-born fashion expert and a creative director of his company, DRC Apparel, he has been able to influence the American society. DRC Apparel, the African streetwear and the lifestyle company, seeks to marry revolutionary consciousness and runway chic. Established under a brand philosophy, we are cool and we are conscious. Um, we have Eric Ndelo, who's in the studio or actually calling us from Charlotte. Eric, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I've been following you on uh, Facebook, and you're just all over the place. And I love your uh, your your style. You have the whole gorilla theme going on. The colors are vibrant. You know, we're just super proud of you as a Congolese. You know, you've been very active, and I just wanted to put that out there that we're you know we're pushing for you, and we're always um, I, I at least I try to talk to people around me and encourage them to purchase it. But before we get into uh, a little bit deeper into who you you are. I wanted to d- figure out why did you decide to use uh, a gorilla, like I just mentioned, and why DRC apparel? Well, the gorilla has many meanings for us. Uh, really, you know, uh, as far as it being, you know, the gorilla being in the Congo as well, uh, the mountain gorilla in the Goma area mountains, the Varunga area, um, but also the, the gorilla mindset and, 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 and the image of strength that the gorilla represents. Because growing up here in the United States, um, as a Congolese in America, 
you know, we, it was, it was rough for us, you know, amongst our other African-American brothers, you know, and we really had to build a thick skin, a thick skin and be proud to be our, uh, of our Africanness. So that strength and that, that power to overcome is also uh, the essence of the, the Gorilla logo, as well as the um, negative um, impressions that the Gorilla gets due to the media. Mm. The gorilla is actually a very peaceful, vegetarian, uh, veggie-eating animal, but the media portrays it as this fierce, crazy, man-eating type of beast, which mm. is also the same type of image that we like to correlate within as far as the African man and black man or men of color around the world. The image has, 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 the media has given us an image, but our true nature is totally the opposite. So the gorilla has all those aspects in it. You know what I'm saying? That's how it hits home and, and why we chose it as a logo for us. I know that uh, your line really focuses on being socially conscious, and I hear some of the things that you're saying, even in how you pick uh, why the gorilla. You know, I don't think I even took the time to think through it the way that you're just mentioning it right now. Um, how does that correlate, you know, your beliefs to the line that you have, and uh, why did you specifically, because I know some of the pieces you use are like African prints. Um, is that connected to you being a Congolese? You know, how does that connect to it being socially conscious? What are the aspects of it that you really want the world to understand? Um, really, uh, you know, when, when I hear socially conscious, you know, uh, I hear being aware, mm -hmm. you know, being, being aware of not only of yourself internally as an individual, but also with the things that are going on around you. I and mean, we're all global citizens. So basically what happens in Congo affects everybody around the world. And being that we are, we are, from Congo, and our brand is built around also bringing awareness of what's going on in Congo. We want to connect people to be socially aware that they also have should have a vested interest in what's happening in the Congo, as well as other places worldwide. Because what happens here in America also affects what happens in Africa as well. You know, so, mm -hmm. so that whole aspect of being conscious of yourself, understanding who you are, and yourself as an individual within this global society is a major part of what we try to do with the brain. How, how old were you when you came? I'm trying to trick you on giving you age up, brother. <laughs> no, see, see that, that's the interesting thing. That's the interesting thing. Because there was a bio that went out there saying that I was born in Congo. Mm. I was actually born here in Charlotte. And that bio keeps getting repeated, repeated, and used everywhere. You know, mm. But I'm actually born here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm first generation. That's that's interesting because, um, you know, I came at the age of eight years old and for you to be born in Charlotte and still keep Congo alive in you, um, you know, sometimes where we have we have a lot of listeners who are listening to us from Baltimore. A lot of times there seems to be a disconnect when it comes to those who may be in the USA and those who may be in Africa. And we have a lot. Of, obviously, we have the same history. But uh, how are you able to keep keep your history alive being a Congolese? You know, being that I'm a Congolese born in America, mm -hmm. I also share in the same type of, you know, uh, psychological need to want to draw back to Africa too as well. Mm. So within that, I can connect with my brothers and sisters here, you know, because I, I've had that because I grew up, you know, at a certain point in time, not being proud of being African. So mm. then I had to reconnect myself as well. So then that process in my life, allows me to be able to connect to other African-American brothers within the, the whole entire diaspora and sisters who want to connect back to Africa as well. 
You know, so so, mm-hmm. so so pushing that energy and pushing that information and me being proud of discovering every day the newness and, 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 and the, 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 the beauty, you know, the, the depth, you know, saying the history, mm-hmm. you know, of the Congo, you know, it, it makes me want to just scream and shout it everywhere I go. So a lot of people do think I was born in Congo because of how much I rep Congo. But that's how I feel like anybody with any history to any place should do as well. So you, you say that you, know, you have gone through a process that helped you actually uh, reconnect or stay uh, authentic to your roots. Uh, but this is challenging for immigrant children. You know, we have Congolese who are working in the White House right now. We have Congolese who are in Congress, who are in many places. Not all Congolese um, have that pride in them. Uh, can you really share step-by-step what are the processes? Uh, what are steps you took? Uh, what environment helped mm-hmm. you in ma- really maintaining your roots to the Congo? You know, really, I have to start off first and foremost with my parents. You know, like my father particularly. Like once, there was one point in time in the third grade where I was so ashamed to be Congolese that I wouldn't even write my last name. And it's so crazy because I'd rather be preferred by my last name now than I did when I was in the third grade. Mm. But I wouldn't even write my last name. because my name is Eric Bittisundelo, right? So I would put Eric B. One day I came home, my father saw my paper and said, hey, who is this Eric B.? You know, I said, that's me. He said, no, your last name's Ndello. And he, he actually, he smacked me in the face. And after that, he gave me a breakdown of why I should be proud of who I am. So it really started in the home. Them not pushing me away to, to become Americanized, but them actually telling me that I need to hold on to my Congolese roots because that's what's going to make me different and also make me strive in this American society. So it started at home first. And then after that, being able to... Uh, talk to people about it and mm-hmm. at a certain age like after like in high school more people they went away from the African Buddhist culture mentality mm-hmm. to like well I would like to know more about what your you know of, of Africa you know so I was able to then be able to go to my pops talk to him and hear his stories and then be able to share it with my friends so then that showed me my uniqueness and I was happy to be unique in that aspect and then that's when they started calling me by my last name Dello. So really feeling, feeling like I was proud to be who I was. That's, that, that's mainly the process. You have to first connect with your inner self and say, okay, bet this is me, and I'm proud to be me, and I'm happy to be in my skin. But it wasn't until I was happy to be in my skin and saw that me being Congolese was really an advantage for me, you know, in this American society. That's when I really, it started to really hit home, and it, it just became like, you know, I was born back home <laughs> it uh it definitely does define who you are when you discover what your roots are and i know that at some point you ended up studying electrical engineering and today we find you you're an entrepreneur who owns a fashion company you know why did you transition does it have anything to do with you know you connecting to your roots or how did you go from engineering to the fashion industry you know that's very mind-boggling for me i would love to know <laughs> That's a very interesting story. Very good question as well. Um, well, it wasn't until after I graduated um, from um, NC State with my initial degree with digital media production that I went to uh, I went to Paris to visit the family mm-hmm. after graduation. And um, when I went to Paris, I was like, "Well, when I'm here, I should be able to find since I'm in Europe, you know, I should be able to find." a Congo shirt or a Zaire shirt, because in the States at that time, you couldn't find any of them. Mm-hmm. Even now today, unless yep. you go to DRCA, you can't really find it. 
So when I was out there, I was looking around and I couldn't find one. So we even went to Belgium. And I was like, surely Belgium has to have one because of their connection and their, and their footprint they left in the Congo. Couldn't find anything there either. So that's when I came back and I was like, if I feel this way as a Congolese, I'm pretty sure other Africans within the whole entire diaspora probably feel the same way. And that's what really got me pushing forward towards starting the clothing line, you know, in, in its true form. But then I also saw that I could utilize my skills from electrical engineering as well as digital media production within my clothing brand. So now instead of me having to outsource my web design, outsource my actual design, or outsource some of the major things that would have cost me a lot of money up front, mm -hmm. I was able to do them personally myself because of the skills I had from my two um, college disciplines. Yeah. So we have a, a little bit more minutes uh, to go, but I want to make sure if you are live, you gotta claim Congo strong, my brother. <laughs> so what what's the history behind Congo Strong and how did you come along that? Can you share with our listener what that actually is? Well, Congo Strong is it's so funny, man, because me and his brother on the phone here, we go way, 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 way back. And it, it really started with um with a group of Congolese that we, we, we created an organization called the Congolese Action Network. We did a conference in Greensboro, North Carolina. All of us are young, you know, and just had passion. And then during that time period, you know, DRC was already up and running, and I, and I was already in this creative mind state of just, like, trying to find ways to brand Congo. How can we brand Congo and put Congo on the tongues of everybody in the world? Mm -hmm. so in, but in a cool way. But in a way that's not focused on you know, the negative image, but in a strong, powerful kind of way. And then that's where Congo Strong came up. I actually created a couple of T-shirts while I was at NC State during that time period, and it actually caught on to where now it's amazing that so many people around the world are using Congo Strong, and it actually started from conversations that Kimbali and I were having. <laughs> Do you um, find that you being born in Charlotte and understanding what it is to be an American at the same time, what it is to be a Congolese, do you find that, you know, friends that may not be Congolese, do they support you? Do they understand do you? Do you have conversations with them where you explain to them that not only this is who I am, but this is the importance of you supporting DRC Apparel and why? Yes. Yes. Um, my friends, they're all intrigued by the Congo. They're all intrigued by this beautiful, massive place. Mm -hmm. And their only direct source to the Congo is through me, which is kind of cool, because now they get to come and ask me questions about what's going on back home. And that keeps me up on wanting to stay conscious and, and be on point with the information that I learn and be able to disseminate back to them. But it's, it's a huge support of my American friends and international friends who support everything that's going on in the Congo. And they even love our lifestyle, from our music to our, to our fashion. All these type of things have drawn this, this certain type of light, you know, that mm -hmm. they all are very, very much intrigued about. I'm curious to know, uh, how is the Congolese community in Charlotte? Um, how many people we have down there right now? Oh, in Charlotte, it's a huge Congolese community in Charlotte. Um, I think I think between Charlotte and Raleigh, we might be upwards of like five to six thousand, if not more. You know, um, mm. Raleigh, North Carolina, actually used to be when I was growing up in the early '80s, man. Um, it used to be called Little Kent, you mm. know, um, because it seemed like that if you came from Kinshasa, you came to Raleigh, and then from yeah. Raleigh, you dispersed to wherever you went to after that point. <laughs> I really love 
to even hear you say the that when you have friends who may not be from the Congo, that their their tunnel vision for Congo is usually through you. Because a lot of our listeners, you know, we have people in the Baltimore area, and sometimes, you know, we have this show Congo Live. It's like, you know, what does that have to do with what's going on in Baltimore? And I think even, uh, Kambale, maybe you remember this, when we were talking about how do we really connect to... Uh, the people of Baltimore. And, and and it's really great example to see that, you know, sometimes it just takes that one individual of you getting to know somebody who's close to you who may be from any part of Africa and asking those necessary questions to really understand not only yourself, but understand a culture that once in history uh, you were a part of. And as I listen to you uh, talk about, you know, the different friends that you have here that support you, how is the the African diaspora when we talk about the Congolese and their support behind you? Oh wow! That's that's even that's even stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've connected with uh, with with Jamaicans, Haitians, um, people from Cuba, and they've all in our conversations they all can trace their roots back to the Congo. You know, mm-hmm. so like even through that those type of conversations and 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 them understanding the that you know Congo is the heart of Africa. You know. Mm-hmm. They and, and and most of them are that I hang with. They are they're conscious enough to understand that they they do have their lineage, you know, what I'm saying going back home. So they do have a strong root to to the Congo as well in in all of its aspects, you know, to the Bantu, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the 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 Africans in the diaspora, as far as your Caribbeans and people from the Caribbean and the islands, they're very very supportive. Very That's supportive. Awesome. I mean, they support us very very strong, and we do a lot of collaboration together as well. I'm just waiting to get my T-shirt because I'm hearing about, you know, all this nice clothing line. But you have yet to come by. Have you gotten a T-shirt yet? I've I've been wearing his T-shirt since I've known him. I mean, we, like you said, we go way back since 2006. Uh, I went to the Congressional Caucus <laughs> in Washington, D.C. wearing the Zaire shirt uh, from the DRC apparel line. Uh, yes, wonderful, uh, wonderful clothes to actually have. If you haven't gotten one, I guarantee you, you'll be getting one by next week. Uh, yes. Uh, you hear that, Eric, you're on live, so I will be expecting my shirt next week. Let's take no a... Worries. I got you. Let's take a short break, and we're going to talk a little bit about your experience in Goma when we come back. Les 
Dernier coup de sifflet, oh, on a lancé la table. Sotina est battue, maman. Mais les boutons, la botama, la laïté, maman. Marie-Viste, oh, Babrudama, oh. Masisi, cartel, la terre, mobina, polukata, caligablo, oh, bate, kata, nene. listeners who may have questions for Eric or uh, Kambali or I to make sure you give us a call at 410-481-1010. And for those of you who were able to catch the song, that was Trivos Nyarkos with Papa Wimba singing the final whistle, a song considered to be an anthem of the Sapeurs in Congo. And welcome back to uh, Congo Live. Uh, Eric, how are you? Awesome. Hopefully you're hanging in there, and I'm sure you're probably getting your dance on over there. I know I was. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. So uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, your clothing line, uh, DRC Apparel. Can you share with us a little bit about um, the mission of the company and a little bit about the team behind what made this come to life? Uh, well, the team um, is my cousin, uh, Rodrigue um, Vakala. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and I, we started a company here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're also connected with uh, our web design and back-end guy, J.D. John Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the brand, our mission behind the brand is to spread, it, it's to show that it's cool to be conscious, number one. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of our designs have a lot of mind, oh, mind-uplifting type of uh, messages 
you know, uh, messages that that help us also, you know, disintegrate the, our, our, our boundaries that we that we create amongst ourselves as humans, and trying to connect us all as one global community. Um, we are from Congo, so we are from the heart of Africa, and the way we look at it, the heart of Africa pumps the blood to the whole entire body of the rest of the world. You know, so we we're utilizing fashion and we're utilizing our heritage in the Congo to actually connect to the rest of the world. Hmm, that's uh, I'm just listening to you. some of the things that you say. It's it's interesting because um, you know, being Congolese, you know, it's it's one thing when we. As Congolese, we know the importance of Congo. We see, you know, all the minerals that we have in our country and how it's spread across the world, even when we look at our phones and our computers. And to hear somebody who's, you know, you're in Charlotte, I'm in D.C., we're growing up, you know, Kambali's over there in Chicago. But as Congolese, we understand this. And I, I really love how you emphasize the importance of connecting not only um, Africa, but Congo and the importance of Congo to the rest of the world and to get back a little bit about um your story so you 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 said you went to uh belgium you're looking for the shirt you come back from belgium and now here you are in the usa do you sit down with your cousin and your team and say you know what we need to make this happen and how does the whole entrepreneurship and the whole process begin to work to the point where you are today well uh yeah when we came back we were like you know we got to go ahead and move this idea forward because my cousin and i actually came up with the name drc back in 1997 when Zaire became the DRC um, mm -hmm. during that time period. So, But we didn't do anything with it until, but what really sparked it was going to Belgium, seeing that we didn't, we couldn't find anything with our brand and then mm -hmm. coming back. And then from that point, our, our, our first thing to do was find a source of production. That was the biggest thing, finding a source of production. So we started out with actually one of my cousin's husband. He actually had a uh, heat press business. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, we, we made our first initial shirts. Okay. with just country designs on it. And then from that point right there, the big after that point was to get to market. How can we get to market? So we started doing vending events. We hit the ground running. So we started doing multiple vending events to kind of spread the word and spread the message of what was going on with our brand in those early days. So mm -hmm. marketing and production were the two things that we had to really focus on. And it's still the two biggest challenges that we have today, you mm -hmm. know, um, so which is part of the reason why we are trying to connect heavy with the uh, with the Congolese um, in Goma and Kinshasa um, to actually create a an ecosystem to where they produce amazing products back home, and we've already set up a screen printing shop at the Yolo Africa Community Center in Goma to try to create this whole global ecosystem of of, of entrepreneurship through fashion. They design and produce there, we sell it over here. We we produce some things over here, we sell it over there. And we have this international exchange, all pumping resources back into the community and also helping the Congolese um, become more sustainable so they can do the other things that they want to do with their lives and fulfill their dreams. So you keep saying, uh, at least we all are saying right on the show right now, DRC at Pearl. Um, I'm going to assume that the DRC stands for Democratic Republic of Congo? No, with DRC has many acronyms. The source of it, the heart of it is the Democratic Political Congo, but mm -hmm. it also stands for Divine Righteous Children. It also stands for the Digital Renaissance of Consciousness. It also stands for Determination, Respect, Conquer. It also stands for The Right Choice. I mean, it has many acronyms. So we ask people, what is your DRC? Mm, that is because deep. That is quite even deep. Even in Charlotte here, even in Charlotte here, to connect to my people here in Charlotte, our DRC in Charlotte is 
daily rep in Charlotte, DRC. What's your DRC? I went to school in Raleigh, Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill. What's your DRC? Kambale, what's your DRC? Bonnerays, Congolese. <laughs> just right? Democratic uh, Republican. <laughs> you got lost in there. He's just like so deep. He's like, mm, mm, <laughs> born and raised. <laughs> I'll be interested in hearing from you about some of the successes of your company. You're a young entrepreneur. You know, some young Congolese are listening to you right now thinking, oh, I may start a business. Uh, so it would be good to hear some of the success. Uh, successes that you've had with uh, some memorable fashion show or mm-hmm. events that you've done as part of the RC Apparel? Well, our, our biggest one to date that really hits home for all of us in the company is being invited to Kinshasa Fashion Week. Um, being able to bring the brand from, that's always been our dream, to get mm-hmm. back home. But then to go back home with our dream in hand, to present it to our people back home and then to have them embrace it to the degree and level that it got embraced, that right there is the biggest success that we've had so far. To the point now where people are still in Kinshasa, back home, because, you know, some of your some of your people here, they might tell you that it's hot, it might be cool, but for you to take it back home and then for them to love it, and you're coming from abroad, Napoto, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like That right there is just amazing because if you're Congolese, you know how it is sometimes to impress other Congolese, if you're Congolese, you know, and especially in fashion, when a lot of Congolese, you know, a lot of us, we, we tend to go to other European brands, you know, for our fashion look. But for us to be able to go home with our style and to be embraced that way, that is our biggest accomplishment in fashion. So, so me being someone who doesn't even have a fashion background, I have my background in digital media production and electrical engineering. But mm-hmm. to be able to have a dream and have a vision to be able to take this brand, uh, this fashion brand back home, it, it, it proves that anybody can do whatever they want to do as long as you focus on the prize. We'll call your movement uh, Conscience Sapeurs. Before we just have Sapeurs, now we have the Conscience Sapeurs, and that's going to be DRC <laughs> uh, apparel. Um, yes. wh- how, how, you know, when I'm listening to you, what makes your pieces different than a person maybe like Mamika Pend or other different, you know, people that may have been in the fashion week in Kinshasa? Why does yours stand out? Um, because we, for us, we are more African streetwear. Mm-hmm. We're not couture. You know, we're not that high price or point or just evening wear or, you know, that occasion. We have T-shirts, you know. You can, you can put T-shirts and jeans, hit the street, and still be representing, you know, the Congo or a conscious way of life, lifestyle on your chest, you know. So that's our major difference right there. And we also do men and women, you know, um, um, on that level. You know, so mm-hmm. being that we are we're, we're more of a streetwear brand with T-shirts and, 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 and more of that urban street style, that's kind of our niche right there because there's not too many African brands that are in that particular market. So it's wide open. So, you know, it's uh, uh, I know Kambale earlier had mentioned like uh, I talked a little bit of an expert of uh, the SAP and its connection to Pampawimba. Uh, do you find that? the whole, you know, environment and when you look at the whole SAP thing that goes on, has that influenced DRC Apparel or is it something that you're trying to create of your own? Oh, yes, that definitely has influenced us heavy. And how you would know, you say it has? Um, I mean, growing up, I mean, my, my uncles were straight SAP pairs. All day long <laughs> with the, I mean, they had the blue patent leather shoes back in the day. I mean, I'm telling you. Wow. They were out of control. <laughs> Even the way they took pictures, 
You know, it's like nobody's ever looking at the picture. They're always looking at that, that Congo African look where it's always off to the side somewhere. You know, and, and you know, all those different type of things like that. And even the the the, the message behind the movement, you know, like it it was it was a you know, a defiance. You know, it was they were using fashion to speak out, you know, and also fashion to, to make a statement. And that's what we're about to as well. But how we want to flip ours is that instead of it being heavily influenced on European fashion, we want the the sap vibe to be more with with, the, with an Afrocentric vibe to it. And like we always say at the company, you can't spell sap without the ape. <laughs> that, that I'm assuming you guys really sat and thought that through. Is it just coincidence? Oh no no no. So you thought about it. When we saw that, we was like, wow. Oh, okay. So going back a little bit to uh, your connection to Goma and working with the youth uh, in Goma, uh, I, you've mentioned that you've been in Kinshasa, now here you are in Goma. How was that experience for you? Oh, that experience in Goma was amazing. Um, like that really uh, hit home for me as well because that we were able to be able to connect with the youth. Mm-hmm. Goma was really a, a trip about connecting with the youth on the ground and being able to work with them, you know, in their creative uh, culture that they already had created in Goma. When I say the arts and the, the talent in Goma from hip-hop to, 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 to artistry to fashion, you know, to painting, all those things are at such a high level in Goma. It, it, was, it was, I thought I was going there to actually bring something. But when I actually got there, I got taught everything. Wow. They gave me everything that I was always looking for for my whole entire life. You know, but that that but that mission there with the with the with the Yole Africa Community Center through Petna and Dalico was just an amazing experience. Until this day, they're still using and creating and printing T-shirts off of the screen printing equipment that we donated to them um, wow. in 2014. I mean, uh, I, I want to hear more about Goma. Like, what what are some of the misconceptions you had before arriving and? When you got there, you saw something that said, wow, wait a minute, the world does not know this is happening in Goma. What are those key things that you saw when you arrived? Like, you know, when I got there, and, you know, everybody around me was like, are you even sure you want to make this trip? Do you know where you're going? The whole time I had this positive outlook, but then I started to kind of worry for a second, you know? But I was like, hold on, maybe I am making a wrong move. Everybody else around me telling me it's wrong. But then when I touched down in Goma, Literally, when I, we, we flew in into Kigali, took a three-hour drive to the border, um, and when we got to the border, I showed my passport. The, uh, the soldier looked at my passport, you know what I'm saying, looked at me, and he told me, welcome home. So that was my first wow. introduction. Tell me, welcome home, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wow, even with my American passport. But I thought there would be bullets flying through the streets, you know, <laughs> different type of gorillas all over the place, ambushes here and there, roadblocks wow. all over the place. You know, at night, you couldn't walk outside. Goma has a bubbling nightlife. <laughs> wait, wait, before amazing. before you get into the nightlife, let's take a short break because I, I know this is going to be some good juicy stories that I'm ready to hear. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back with uh, your story in Goma. Sometimes I feel 
at no take more and my strength is gone sometimes I feel it is too hard to keep on believing but you came to me and said one day have the time aside But you came to me and said One day I'll be done You don't have to worry Yesterday is gone Tomorrow is coming How will you be there? Yesterday is gone Just call my name and I will be there for you. I will hold your head and I will walk you through the night. Yesterday is gone, tomorrow is coming. Don't have to worry, how we be there. Tomorrow is Coming by Congolese artist David Imani featuring Lokwa Kanza. The story behind the making of this uh, song is quite inspirational from um, David who grew up as a Congolese listening to a superstar such as Lokwa Kanza. He reached out to Lokwa Kanza via Facebook and shared that he really wanted to do something with Lokwa regarding this, you know, just singing a duo and mentioned that he did not have any money to pay him. Uh, but little did he know, I guess, uh, time goes by, Lokwa Kanza surprises him by honoring his request and comes or goes to Johannesburg to sing this song, which was actually written uh, by David and who is currently living um, in Johannesburg. And we want to welcome back our listeners. We have uh, Eric Ndelo, who's calling us from Charlotte. We have Kambale. And to go back a little bit in your story, so here you are, young Congolese, you know, we're talking about um, different artists going back. You've gone back home, and here you are in the border of Goma, and you have a soldier who looks at your passport and tells you, welcome home, you know. Uh, can you share the story? What happened? 
happens from there? You were just telling us how, how vibrant the nightlife was. So let's go from you walk in and then what happens next? Well, we walk in and, you know, we're, we're driving to our location and, you know, I get the history that the same pathways that we're on are the same pathways in um, 1994 when, you know, the, the refugee, you know, refugees crossed over the border from Rwanda. You know, um, you know, that history really hit me hard. But, you know, but it was a it was a very direct contrast from that image to what I saw, you know, live myself, you know, at that point in time. Beauty everywhere you go, everywhere you look. I mean, just the colors, the smells, the people, you know, um, I mean, it, it really, I mean, to me, and, and, and I know I'm biased, but <laughs> I've heard it from other people as well. It, it was like a paradise. You know, mm-hmm. going there, you know, and, and traveling through and just finally knowing that I'm here. And then to finally get on the ground and actually feel the, 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 the ground in my hands and even see all the lava, the lava rocks all over the place and how they've actually, the, how, 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 you know, created the Congolese are. They're using the lava rocks to actually build, build walls and, and using them for different type of, you know, social projects. You know, like mm-hmm. it's amazing just the creativity that you see there and the people. You know, the food, of course, was amazing, man. But, but, but the the main thing that you did not feel that repression and that 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 oppressive aura that you read about, mm-hmm. you know, in the papers or hear about in the news. It's uh, great to just hear how, despite what's going on in the Congo, that their spirits are always uh, alive and going. And to hear it from somebody who's actually been in Goma, it's very inspiring for me, even uh, in the work that uh, I do. Uh, Going a little bit back to working with the youth, um, you know, you mentioned some things that there's things that you learned from them in working with them. What are some memorable moments that you had with some of these youth that you've taken with you and it's motivated you to do the work that you're doing now? Well, well, one of the biggest ones is that when I first got there, they, um, you know, and, know, and, and and I'm presenting a program that I was going to be teaching them and all that kind of stuff and talking about how we're going to be making screens and how I wanted to not only, you know, come there and, t- and talk to them, but also teach them how to be able to create on create themselves. So teach them how to fish, not just give them fish. So in that process, I was asking them about the different resources that they had, you know, in the city and, and around the area, and they kept telling me, we have nothing, Goma sucks, Goma doesn't have this, we, we like this, we like this, we like this. But then I, I, I saw that that was just coming from, a mind of lack because of your social condition that you've had for so long, you know, you, you were thinking in, in, in lack. Mm-hmm. But then I had one star student, one star student. He said, Eric, check this out. I'm going to take care of this for you. This guy goes out into the market, comes back with a fully polished, done screen that was even cheaper than how we even get, that, we, that we, I even get them for here in the United States. Mm-hmm. With, to prove to me that what they were talking about, they just didn't have the connection to the resources. Yeah. They just didn't know that that was there. And once they figured out that was there, when I tell you it opened up that, that program to new heights, we overcame so many boundaries and so many barriers that they had created for themselves mentally just from that one guy coming and bringing that screen. And he paid for it out of his own pocket, which then, it, you know, it, it changed the game. It, it let me know that, you know, you can create what you want to create. You just got to find the actual resources. So I always reflect back to that. And and, they're, and also that they're also they're always shining stars out yeah. there amongst the people. You just got to be able to connect to them, and that's the one who can influence the masses. Now that you've connected with folks on the ground, and you back 
you know, now you're back and forth in the U.S. And I'm putting you on the spot. Young Congolese are listening to you right now. Uh, with the experience you've had, and especially me knowing you for all this time, you know, do you have some word of wisdom for them, uh, given your experience with uh, your company and also helping social movements? Yes. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. If you're a budding entrepreneur and you're not already connected to the financial resources that you have, set up collaborations, reach out with other people. You don't have to take all the power right now. You know, don't worry about that right now. Focus on getting the vision out there. But, but you first have to see it clearly. If you can't see it clearly, a man cannot achieve what he cannot conceive. But if you can conceive it, you can, conceive, you can achieve it. You know, so have the plan directly and understood. You might not understand how you're going to get there, but make sure you have that plan. It's going to work out in between. But especially if you have these connections and these networks with people around you who might do or are better at doing things than you are, then bring them in. That will help you get to your goal a lot faster. Don't be stubborn and think you've got to do it all and eat the whole pie yourself. I think that right there is one of the biggest things that I could, I, I could profess to anyone. You know, you don't necessarily have to stay partners with that person throughout your whole entire business, but you need help getting off the ground. And then you learn as you go. You might not have all the resources now, but you will learn as you go. And stay true to the passion and to the art because it's going to be hard. People want to tell you that it sucks, that it's ugly, even the people that you love. And even some designs or even ideas that you think are the hottest and dopest in the world, the world will, will reject. But maybe they just reject right now. Bring it out a year later, mm. and the world will probably love it. So you got to have patience in that aspect. Never wait, but be patient. So I want to get the I am um, the Made in Goma shirt or any other of your work. How do I do it? We have about a minute left. Where do I get your product? You can check out our product at drc8parel.com. That's drc8parel.com. You can also check us out at, at drc8parel on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr as well. Um, all our products, our socially conscious products, are products that support GOMA, are products that support the lifestyle, you know, and products that also that represent and are for in bringing awareness to the whole entire African diaspora. And um, do you uh, do you have anything that are coming up that people maybe want to join or participate that you may want to mention before we get off the air? Yes, we do a monthly event called Nappy Love. Um, please support that. Um, it's, it's an event that's basically about loving your true self. Mm -hmm. So we have Nappy Love. Every year we try to rock Congo Week out here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We turn Charlotte, North Carolina into DR Charlotte. You know, um, Nazi Congo for, for, for North Carolina, you know, um, and, um, and we're always out in the streets, man. So if you see the gorilla, check a gorilla's hand, support the gorillas everywhere. And we'll Thanks. know that it's definitely you. And thank you so much, Eric Ndelo, for joining us today on Congo Live. It was quite an insightful show. And I encourage you to continue doing the work that you're doing and elevating the Congo and keeping a conscience in uh, making sure that we know that Congo exists and it is the heart of Africa. And Kambali, thank you for being on the show. It's cool to be conscious.
<laughs> we'll make sure that uh, I'm waiting for my shirt just in case you thought I forgot, Eric. <laughs> no, I got you. All right. And thank you for our listeners for joining us today on Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people. And thank you to our producer, Lubangi Munyanya, and our Congo Live engineer. And we want to remind you to tune in next week at 2 o'clock here on Congo Live as we celebrate the Congolese culture. Toti kabamboka musika Tukende koluka bomoima Toko mami telengano Namboka mopaya Nania sungayo Pasina pasie Nakei kasilubi na kozonga Atandeleo Mopembo Pesali